Bienvenidos. I am Stephanie Weber, writeress, comedian, lover of breakfast, who wants to understand my fellow human by consuming pop culture. That's what I'm here to do, and that's why you're here to listen and learn, so that you can impress your friends at a party by saying, you know, I heard this thing. And I'm here to give you the things to regurgitate to your friends so that you sound smart, sexy, and you don't have to give me the credit. Just rate and review. Today I want to talk about this strange phenomena of directors who are women. That's right, let's talk about female directors. Can you believe they can do it all? Chloe Zhao won the Oscar for Best Director this year, and she was only the second woman ever to win the award. And I know, oh, Oscars, who cares? But they do mirror what's happening in our society at the time, what we care about, the art we make, etc., etc. The first woman to win the Oscar for Best Director was Catherine Bigelow, and even then, in the history of the Academy Awards, which has been going on since 1929, and I will not figure out how many years that is because that's like really hard in my head, but in the history of the Oscars, only five women have ever been nominated. Just for trivia's sake, those women who have been nominated have been Lena Wertmiller, Jane Campion, Catherine Bigelow, Greta Gerwig, and Chloe Zhao. In case you didn't notice, three noticed, here I go, three of those women have only been nominated in the last 12 years alone. Now that's not because only five women have ever made movies or even good ones. There are plenty of women who have broken out since the dawn of the film industry when pioneering actress and director Mabel Norman was at the helm of her own movies in the 19-teens. And bisexual directress Alla Nazimova directed and starred in the stunning classic Salome, which featured a lot of shirtless men, so there's that. We credit French director Alice Guy Blachet as the first female director, and that bitch was making little movie films in the 1890s, when the moving pictures were invented. So even in the 1920s, novelist Zora Neale Hurston directed her own short film called Children's Games, which was the first non-silent film to be directed by a black woman, on top of all the masterful writing she was doing. <laughs> bitch can do it all! Unless you're a film dork like me, you probably don't even realize that some of your favorite and most violent and most hilarious films have been directed by women. A woman directed American Psycho, Wayne's World, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, The Babadook, I Could Go On, and even the awful battle of the sexist comedy What Women Want starring Mel Gibson. Nancy Myers, girl, what were you doing? There are women like Amy Heckerling, Penny Marshall, Agnes Verda, Ida Lupino, Penelope Spheris, Lulu Wang, Nora Ephron, Dee Rees, and so many others who are behind some of the greatest classics that the world has ever seen. Yet they don't get the same kind of admiration that their male counterparts get. You can be a Tarantino fan. You can be inspired by Spielberg. You can be raised on Hitchcock like myself. I was a very scary kid who rented Psycho week after week after week at the video store until my mom said, this is probably not good for your brain. It was... How come film dorks and dweebs don't say that they were brought up by Seidelman or Sofia Coppola? Why aren't women held to the same distinction? Well, we all know the answer there, but my point is that there aren't that many differences between the genders when it comes to directing. My day job is actually watching sex scenes all day long. It is really hot, horny, and boring. And I can tell you that female-directed sex scenes tend to give both partners a little extra love, but besides a penchant for showing more emotional nuance, there aren't that many differences between the two. So in this discussion of female-directed movies, 
I wondered if the same classic movies directed by women would be different if they were directed by men. It's a goofy thought experiment, but please indulge me. Here is my attempt to guess how many of these absolutely fantastic female-directed films would have changed if a man were at the helm, and how they would have likely been worse. This is super binary, I know, and it's all a really fun guessing game. It's just a silly podcast I'm doing for free, unless you want to pay me. Don't be mad at me, okay? Hate the game, the film industry, the patriarchy, your dad, not the player. Me, a tiny cis lady writer. Okay, uh, so today I want to talk to my lady female friend Olivia Perry about female-directed films, and we're going to play a little game with her to see if there really is any difference. So Olivia is a comedian and she's an actrice whom you may have seen on the show Southside. Uh, It's available now on HBO Max. I know that they just shot their second season and it's very, very funny. I really recommend it. Olivia, how are you today? Oh my gosh, I'm good. Um, I've been having trouble sleeping. Oh no. But I think that's because that's just when I think the most. But other than that, Okay, that was really deep. I know. <laughs> I'm 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 up late at night thinking my thoughts. Just you know, thinking about like maybe there are people after me. You know, it's like things like that. I love that when you hear the slightest sound at night, you're like all snuggled into bed, and then there's just a tiny creak somewhere in your house, and you're like, that really could be an invader. Oh, and then I lock the door because mm-hmm. I have a lock in my room. So like when I was. Uh, cat sitting for my roommate I heard something and I just locked the door and I'm like cut like she'll be fine she can fight <laughs> she, she has fangs oh my and- god <laughs> I once lived in an apartment where there was a lock on my door but on the outside of my door no mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's that's someone was being held there yeah you lived oh there. and it was my very first apartment I ever lived in and it was a basement apartment so there was just a lot of things about that that felt like yeah who needed to be locked into this bedroom before I stayed here so you were paying rent for a crime scene. I absolutely was. And <laughs> it was like I said, since it was a basement apartment, my that room, the bedroom, the window faced out into the street. And at first I would have people knocking on the window. Oh. And one time someone had a flashlight outside the window. So whoever lived in that room before was up to no good. And she still had people finding her, I feel like. <laughs> I would like come to I'm the window stressed. and be like, is who are you? And then they'd be like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, and walk away. <laughs> so. Was this here? Yeah, it was in the Albany Park neighborhood uh, a long time ago now, like 10 years ago. It was my first apartment. <laughs> she, was, ah, she was growing fun, up in the world. scary. Fun, scary. Um, and then the next apartment I lived in got um, broken into, and we all got robbed the day we moved in. So it's just kind of like you got to grow up, you know? You got to learn somehow. And how mm-hmm. else are you going to learn uh, without having a series of crimes happen at you? I mean, I don't know, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, Olivia, I, mean, we, I know I told you before, um, we were going to talk today about some movies that are directed by um, Lady Femet Women's. Uh, mm-hmm. do, you, do you have any movies uh, that you particularly like off the top of your head uh, that have female directors? I guess the two would be that I just like think of mm-hmm. Marie Antoinette. Mm. I feel like that's very like, I wasn't going to talk about it, but I'm like, no, I got to talk about it. I Cause I just recently watched it mm-hmm. like a couple months ago. And then the other one is like 
maybe one of the most recent films I've seen, and that's um, Promising Young Woman. Wow. So that's, and that movie was nominated for an Academy Award, and that was really incredible because she was uh, one of two women up for the award, which has never happened before um, at the same time. So she also wrote, she wrote, directs, directed, and co-produced it. And that's what we call girl boss slay. But that is uh, that's really cool. I actually still haven't seen Promising Young Women, um, women's. <laughs> um, but that I, I really do, I really do want to. Um, but Sofia Coppola's Marie Antoinette, I just wrote about at work the other day. Oh. Um, because I was looking through some of the reviews originally were like pretty, um, pretty split. That movie was like really, really divisive. A lot of the reviews were really sexist because the reviews are like talking about how like almost frilly and silly it is, which I'm, you know, looking back, you're like, that's kind of the point. The aesthetics of the movie were supposed to show you how removed this queen was from her people. Also, Marie Antoinette was frilly and silly. Yes, that was kind of like the style. Yeah, that's just kind of like what it is, you know? <laughs> the men wore wigs. I mean, what, what can we say here? <laughs> there was a cool part though, where she's being taught harpsichord mm-hmm. by a black guy. Oh, I and I'm like, that. yeah, I'm like, that's pretty, I, I feel like that's pretty like accurate, historically accurate and not just like a, you know, her playing into like wokeness as a lot of people like to say. Um, but like, cause there were like black uh, musicians and like, I mean, Beethoven, Be- that's still out for a debate. Yeah. I've heard that theory that he yeah. was maybe mixed. Is that mm-hmm. what it is? That's yeah. and I don't know. I I don't. I have no idea. I've don't never seen a picture of him. I've never met him. I've never, so. I personally, I don't know Beethoven. I, I I would know if I met him. If I saw him, I'd be like, we're family. We're family. You know, <laughs> I can feel a kinship <laughs> to you, for sure. Yeah, I mean, and also like Coppola is such a great example because obviously her dad, so fammy, one of the most famous directors of all time. Mm-hmm. Not, you know, influence her cousin. people. I mean, well, she's in a whole show of this family. She's got Jason. She's got Nicolas Cage. You know, Nicolas Cage is her cousin. That's crazy. Yeah, that's who I was talking about. Oh, I thought you were talking about Schwartzman. Sorry. No, he's like the cool one. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, when you say her cousin, I you, feel like Nicolas Cage. You mean Sir Nicolas Cage? <laughs> I mean Nicholas Coppola. That's his real name. I know. I visited his grave in New Orleans because he has a grave for himself already. It is a pyramid. Oh, my God. It's a pyramid that he he put up in a very famous... Because he went through a New Orleans period. It's actually a crazy story. He went through a New Orleans period. He bought one of the most famous houses in New Orleans, which is a crazy haunted mansion. I don't know if anyone's ever seen American Horror Story, I think the coven season, the woman that Kathy Bates is based off of, that's a real story. And so Mm -hmm. her house was vacant for like 100 years because um, it was crazy haunted and like the most heinous crimes ever happened there, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Nicholas buys it. Nikki, Nikki boy, our friend Nick buys it. And then um, he barely lived there. I don't think he even lived there. And then he tries to sell it. Apparently it took forever for him to sell. But he also bought his own grave and it's a pyramid and people would come and kiss it. And he loved that there were all these lipstick kisses on it. And when I was there, you, you can't go into this. It's a very old uh, graveyard, so you can't go into it without a tour. Um, but the tour only costs like two bucks, so do it. But oh. yeah. <laughs> uh, so the lady though said that they they clean all the graves because they're so old, so they cleaned off all the kisses. And last time he went there, he threw a fit because he couldn't see his kisses. 
Yeah. I don't know if you like to like picture that like I do where it's Nick Cage talking like he's in The Wicker Man, you know, yeah. screaming full volume, just being like, where are my kisses? You know, that's what I pictured happened at the game. <laughs> not the kisses. Not, not the, the kisses. kisses. <laughs> you know, so it's, yeah, I'm glad. It's, it's a very, very weird thing to buy your own like full on gravestone. Well, I mean, he's obsessed with Elvis and married her daughter. I think or married his daughter. The same period of time, actually. Okay, yeah. yeah. It's like he was like, I got the best. Like, do, do we think he's okay? No, absolutely <laughs> not. Have you seen anything he's been in? I've, I've seen The Wicker Man. Yeah, that's it. That, no. <laughs> that's only Nicholas Cage. <laughs> Wicker Man, Weatherman, anything he's in where he's a man, I've seen that. I've seen that. Um, <laughs> but I do so. But, but Sofia Coppola is a great example because she has directed so many movies. Her movies have such a style. They tell these female-driven stories. They're very nuanced. And yet it's like I don't even actually think she's ever been – she's never been nominated for an Academy Award She uh, for uh, directing Not for Lost in Translation? Mm-mm. There's only been five mm. – five women have only ever been nominated for the Best Director uh, category – at the Oscars. Oh, maybe Lost in Translation was like best film or something. Lost, but like not. That's directed. happened to a lot of these women as well, where they yeah. their film gets nominated for best film, but they don't get the best director. Um, <laughs> which is always kind of crazy. Those those two those two categories are so strange to me because when whenever they're different winners, I'm like, what do um <laughs> what do we think happened in the movie? <laughs> who who do you think like made it all like like wove it together? <laughs> Like a I feel like tapestry. I feel like they're like, no, yeah, the like movie in general was good, but the execution I yeah. just don't know. You know or it's the yeah. execution, you know, the 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 effort was there. We're gonna give you that, yeah. but the film, shit. Yeah, you know? it's like I, you know, I really like that movie, but I just don't like that guy. You know, <laughs> just just I just don't like it. I just don't, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but those are I mean those are grot examples so I also wanted to play a little game with you where we can talk about how some of these famous movies that are directed by women would be different if they were directed by men and some of them might mm-hmm. actually surprise you um, one one example that I want to talk about straight off the bat is Clueless directed by Amy Hacker-Ling who also directed Fast Times at Ridgemont High which has a lot Ooh. of booby nudity in it which so that might surprise y'all oh but um that's <laughs> I watch that the scenes from that film like every day at work but Clueless is the story of um Cher Horowitz she's a spoiled teen in uh Beverly Hills and she has a whole coming of age story she and her friends uh befriend Brittany Murphy's character who's a bit of a nerd she falls for her stepbrother it's a whole thing you know but Brittany Murphy isn't a virgin who can't drive ain't that the truth ain't that the truth even though in real life she was like I was a virgin who couldn't drive (laughs) She's so endearing. She's so good in this movie. I mean, basically everything she's in, she's wonderful. Yeah, R.I.P. If this was directed by men's, oh my god, what do you think might happen? Oh, there would be so many teen boobs. Every single one of those ladies would have had to show her boobs because there's literally no boobs in it. There's no nudity in the movie. No yeah. nudity. Mm-mm. It's like they're, and the thing is, like they're like adults, but it's not like. You can't like tell if that makes sense. Like I feel like oh, yeah. other 
like high school movies they're like adults and you're like no way and they're like yeah i got my 401k to help me get into college whereas like with like clueless i feel like it was really realistic yeah and i think like if it was directed by a man there wouldn't be that like i don't know they they would yeah they'd have a lot more booby Louis stuff for sure. I mean, her and her stepbrother would have probably, Paul Rudd, would have had a full-on sock scene. Oh. Like, at the beginning. <laughs> the movie starts <laughs> with them having sex. And the whole movie is her being like, I don't know. It's, it's just a porn. It's incest porn. Like, I just don't know what to do. What should I do? I mean, probably. And she wouldn't have been smart. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because she's, like, smart. Yeah. She's very curious. That's what's fun about that character. She's, like, Sure, she's naive and she's sheltered, but she's really curious about the world, you know? But also she's 17. <laughs> like, that's also the thing. Like, yeah, she's curious and sheltered. She's 17. So it's, like, very, like, true, I feel like, to high school, especially, like, mm-hmm. since I grew up, like, around people kind of like that, like, on the West. Like, as it's if. As if. Mm-hmm. Like, when I go back and visit, I'm usually like, oh, my God. Hi, everyone. How are you? And my mom's like, I can tell you've been hanging out with your friends. And I'm oh like, my God. If. So everyone I grew up with was basically like they were in the movie Juno. So it's very different. <laughs> <laughs> Written by Diablo okay. Cody, woman. But um, yeah. everyone's like, hey, what's up, Han? Huh? <laughs> So yeah, I, well after after high school, I went to the beauty college across the street. So yeah, uh-huh. I know yeah. how to highlight your hair and to make it look like a chunky zebra. <laughs> we love chunky zebras. I don't know what it was about the girls that went to the beauty college across the street from my high school after high school, but they all that was the first haircut they they all gave themselves. They all gave themselves like the chunkiest of highlights, and it was like a little bit of um, a little bit of that short spiky in the back situation. Because it's easy. Yeah. All you have to do, you just put a cap on your head with holes in it, and you pull the hair through, and that's how you highlight it. Okay. You don't need to go to beauty school. You just told me how to do it. I used to, like, love drawing and looking at, like, hairstyle magazines, Mm. and there were so many in those magazines of models with those chunky. And so for a while, I was like, oh, this is a cool haircut. Yeah. I mean, all of us did. I mean, to be fair, it's like that was, like around you know now it's like i think like the but the kids are calling the karen but it was because they all got that hairstyle 20 years ago and they just they famously didn't change it you know yes but it, it seemed it seemed hot <laughs> if you if you can believe it the karen i mean in hot. the summer in the summer it was cool mm-hmm. you know because it wasn't mm-hmm. on your neck oh yeah and you can you know you don't have to style it it still looks good yeah, yeah. so the next film i want to talk about i don't know if you've seen but it is the Babadook, directed oh, by yeah. Jennifer Kent. Babadook. Oh my God! I mean, this movie's so good. You know, what? I was reading a little bit about her, um, the director. I think this is her first film, but she tried to make it for like ten years. It was one of those. Um, oh wow! And then afterwards, people wanted her to like basically make it a horror franchise, and she's refused consistently. She's like, "This is the story Ooh. I wanted to tell. I told it. I'm done. You know, I'm gonna do something else now." And I think yeah. that's so cool. There's so much integrity to that that I don't know if um, everyone has inside them. <laughs> well, it's like I feel like everyone's just always constantly like we have to keep building off of it. And well, it's like, yeah, if you give me a million dollars, I'll be like, <laughs> I, I guess the story's not over. Well, it just gets like played out, though, mm-hmm. too. Like it just like goes on so long. But Duke is interesting because 
it's like the story of a mom and her son and you go so I feel like if it wasn't directed by a woman you wouldn't have seen that much because I feel like most of the film is just their relationship it's not really about the Babadook it's more about the mom and the son and how he has like issues and I feel like also if it was not directed by a woman there wouldn't be that patience there with the kid yeah no I think you're right and that is that's one of the things I really like about there's a lot of horror movies that are directed by women and Mm. there's I feel like they do have a little bit more nuance there's a little bit more relationship building a little bit more the monsters within us kind of idea you Mm -hmm. know Um, and also the Babadook's a queer icon I was gonna say that Um, there was this like app that you could make songs on and someone did one about Pennywise and the Babadook and I sing it all the time to myself and it's just the Baba Duke and Pennywise are cute. Please make them fuck. That's the whole song. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I found it on Tumblr. <laughs> I mean, honestly, yes. I'm sure that there's so much fan art w- w- because of that song. <laughs> oh, no. They like, it's a thing that yeah. Pennywise and the Baba Duke are dating. Okay, so then is the Pennywise now the Pennywise? <laughs> Is is the one and only Pennywise now also a uh, queer icon as we step into Pride Month? Apparent, yes. Okay, that's they've wonderful. been a couple for at least two prides now. <laughs> I hope I get invited to their wedding. I don't know. I mean, I, I hope we all do. I hope we all do as a community. Um, I also want to say, like, I think the Babadook. Um, you know, no spoilers or anything, but also it's been out for a while, so go watch it. But yeah, it's been out since I was in college. Yeah, you don't really, you know, you don't. You don't see the monster, right? Like that's what we were gonna talk about. Like the monster is like this idea for most of the movie, and if I feel like that is something that could so easily either if a big studio made it or if a if a if a boy men's made it, it would be very like the monster's there. We see him. It's so scary. Oh my god! Wow. M Night Shyamalan directs Mm -hmm. it. It's like this very shitty monster. Yeah, you know, it's not not a real monster. It's their neighbor. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's her ex-husband just trying to get the, the the kid back or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Very classic. Oh my god. <laughs> very classic. Um so, uh next the next film on my list is The Watermelon Woman by Cheryl Dunyer. Um this movie, let me let everyone know. This movie was mm-hmm. um it's a Cheryl Dunyer, she wrote, directed, stars in it. She plays a black lesbian who works at a video store. It's an early 90s film. It's like a very indie classic. And it's a it's a it's one of those like cool, rare, you know, early um, queer love stories. You know, she meets this, this girl that works there. Lesbians work there anyway. Um, or I mean, her, her customer or whatever. She falls in love with her. It's a really cool movie. Um, I think for sure, though, uh, <laughs> like men especially um who make stuff that's that 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 starts in like the film industry or um video stores it it feels like it's all about them and their love of movies so I think that this movie if it was directed by a man it would just be starring a man and he would be a wannabe filmmaker and he would fall in love obviously with the women that are there because they all love him and they all like appreciate his art artistry um and Cheryl would not be in the movie at all yeah like, she wrote well, the script, it, and we're like, we're done with you. That's it. We're changing everything. Is it American? It is. It's American. It's an early okay. indie movie. I think it takes place in Philadelphia. I can't remember. Hmm. Philadelphia or New York. Don't quote me. I haven't seen it in a couple of years. It's really good. I think you would enjoy it. Um, I want to throw that out there mostly to tell people to watch The Watermelon <laughs> Woman. 
<laughs> that movie and The Love Witch are two of my favorites that are directed by women. And I'm just, I just like, at work especially, I constantly find excuses to write about The Love Witch. It's, The Love Witch is amazing. It's about this woman who, um, believes that she like puts spells on people to fall in love with her um but then the men love her too much and she gets annoyed and she just like kills them (laughs) but it's very like but the whole time she's very like woe is me why did that go wrong it's a very cool and it stylistically looks like it's like a 60s technicolor movie i think i showed you pictures of it before yes yes yeah and if that was directed by a man i feel like a man would come in and save her and that's how it went Mm mm-hmm Oh my gosh. Like, yeah, just like I've been watching a lot of, I mean, I watch so much TV and movies and stuff and just like really thinking of the differences. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, I know this isn't a movie, but like shrill, like you can tell was directed by women or um, not white men or Mm -hmm. maybe sometimes, but also uh, men can be good directors, but still like, Oh my God. Yeah, of course they are. No, but I mean, like I've, I've worked with one that, like made sure everyone felt comfortable which Mm -hmm. I haven't experienced before like made a whole speech about like respecting women which I was like okay that like makes everything good but I don't think that's like a very common I mean I know it's not a very common thing and or it traditionally hasn't been you know yeah is what we've we've heard (laughs) yes over the years but yeah I mean of course like Men make great movies too, guys. I don't want any men out there to have their feelings hurt. Like we love Titanic. I regret apologizing. You know? <laughs> I regret apologizing now because I'm like, I don't want to like. Uh, this but... is this is all for funs, guys. This is all just we're just goofing. We're all just having funs, okay? Like we we love Titanic. We love Jaws. You know, sorry. I've never seen Jaws. Um, it's a big shark come out ocean eat people. Yeah. There's like four of them. It's beautiful. I've been on the ride. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I got it. For the longest time, my boyfriend was telling me that I think Jaws 3 was his favorite movie or something like that. Jaws 2 or Jaws 3, he kept saying. And then I was like, okay, fine. I'll, I'll watch it with you. I've never seen anything past Jaws 1. And then we started it. And then he kept being like, I don't really remember this movie. I don't really remember. I don't remember what happened. And I'm like, you said it was your favorite film. <laughs> Why are we doing this right now? <laughs> He does that. It's all the my time. all-time favorite movie. Right. I'm like, I don't how do you not remember a single detail about this film? <laughs> like, did you think it was Shrek? Is Shrek actually your favorite movie? Did I get this? Is wrong? that directed by women? No. Oh man. Actually, <laughs> I confidently could guess no. Um, but you know what is directed by women's? We need to talk about Kevin. We need to talk about Kevin. Is that about like um it's like a school shooter movie yeah wait who's in it it's tilda swinton it's directed by lynn ramsey and ezra miller yes yes Mm -hmm. okay i've heard of this i haven't seen it but i've heard of it oh dude it's so good and it's especially it is kind of crazy like i think i was scared yes i was scared for a while so i didn't watch it for a while i actually thought it was like i had no idea what it was about at first i thought maybe Uh like kevin tries to kill his family or something um Uh but it is considering how prevalent school shootings are in america it's crazy that we don't really have movies about that at all but um this is a really good one where it's like the it's just the mom kind of dealing with the aftermath of her kid doing something like this and it's like told in a lot of flashbacks yeah so kind of going off what you were saying about the babadook like it's a very very complicated mother-son relationship and it's also one of those cool movies where like 
the mom never really felt like she bonded with her son. And so she has a lot of flashbacks of like Mm. struggling to bond with him, which you don't see either. Like that kind of just needs to be told from a woman's perspective, from probably a mom's perspective. I don't know if Lynn Ramsey has kids, but probably. But yeah, it's really, really good. And I feel like that is the that is something that could have a difference where like maybe if a man directed it, it would have just been like crazy violent. The mom just did nothing but love her son. She's so sorry. Or she was a villain. I you know, either way. Yeah. Oh, she probably it was it would turn out that she was like dating him. Dating her son? Yeah. <laughs> like a real like weird serial killer situation. Yeah, like I just feel like every like serial killer thing that's like made by a man they're like yeah and his mom huge bitch that's why like (laughs) i mean yeah well i know like a lot of serial killers have um like one parent just be absolutely psychotic and that's part of what what happened to them um but yeah movies about serial killers are like the dad (laughs) i guess it's either way i gotta say it's either way because ed kemper famously a terrible mom was always yelling at him and he eventually kills his mom and then i think he did he turn himself in? I think after he killed his mom, I think that's what happened. He killed a bunch of I think it was his parents, other women, and then he beheaded his mom. <laughs> Trigger warning for beheading. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> but also like I just like how you're like, yeah, he had a mom who would yell at him. Yeah, well, <laughs> <laughs> he'd I'm... tell him to clean his room up. Yeah. <laughs> Stupid bitch, always tell me to like clean my room and stuff. Is dumb as hell. Or, yeah. Like, comb my hair. Yeah, it's really sad. It's really sad. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it's obviously there's other yeah. shit going on there. Oh, <laughs> for sure. Not yeah. Just that your mom is mean. But we never get into that in movies like that, and it sounds like with look, we need to talk about Kevin. Yeah, we it need sounds to talk like about it does Kevin. kind of go. We hey guys, we need to talk about Kevin. I we um, really need to talk about Kevin. Hey guys, Kevin's gone. We need to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> My, my sequel um, is like I'm I'm not done talking about Kevin, so <laughs> I'm sort of still working through this Kevin situation. I mean, she probably had to for a long time, even after the movie, you know. Oh yeah. I after mean, we don't, don't see it. No, I don't know. But I um, mean, I don't know how you get through something like that, which is what the movie's so good at, because it it shows us exactly that kind of situation a situation that like, mm-hmm. most of us have probably never thought of in our lives and then you sit there and think like yeah if my kid was like a real evil piece of shit what would i do no for sure do and I like visit yeah. him in prison like i don't know <laughs> well that whole like complicated thing too like oh you didn't really bond with your kid like but again like no one really talks about that because it's just assumed that a mom bonds with her kids yeah it's but so that's sad. not always supposed to be from birth yeah but it's literally like that's a parasite you know <laughs> technically babies are just tapeworms mm, and they don't but do the opposite skinny. yeah no. so it's like what are we doing here it's like why would you do that you know <laughs> um why but yeah that's me <laughs> that's interesting though that because mm-hmm. it I mean, it probably would have just been about the school shooting. It probably would have been leading up to it, not the aftermath. Exactly. Yeah. I think I think you're right as well. Yeah. And it's also told in so there's um there's like two different thoughts on on uh what's the word I'm looking for? Like story structure too. And I think it's told in a more feminine style, which that which is like kind of exactly what you just said, where like 
a male style is Aristotelian style. It's supposed to like uh, mirror the male orgasm where you just like rise, 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 rise to climax and then we're done. So it would oh just be God. rising to the shooting maybe and then we're done. Uh, but this one is, it's it's more circular because she's going in like flashbacks and it's the aftermath. And so you're seeing Wait. like bits and pieces rather and then it all comes together. Is that a real thing? That's a real thing. Yeah. I... Hi and welcome to college. Why does everything have to be about sex? Because it just is. Just chill, everyone. Chill. Just like drink a glass of water. No, because we are horny and I got to tell story. <laughs> That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Isn't that beautiful? Jesus. And also oh. it's like all, all it's, you know, Aristotelian. So it's like it is named after Aristotle, which I also think mm. everything Greek is just about penises right like it's it, except for sophos like everything greek is just like literally and then we of, fuck, course, and then we fuck. of course they like went bankrupt you know <laughs> <laughs> like they're like instead of learning about taxes what if we just fucked that's I, literally yeah. that's why greece fell i mean if you live in a beautiful place like that maybe that is all you care about you know i think they're, okay. they're i also love the thing of like we direct, we we invented democracy and it's like that was thousands of years ago dude it's like <laughs> think of another thing kind of maybe like come up with another thing well, we the invented Euro the olympics Brick. yeah thousands of years ago dude yeah well shut up <laughs> That was my Greek impression. Um, oh, good. Yeah. The last one I want to leave us with is A League of Their Own, directed by Penny oh. Marshall. League we of Their Own. We love Penny Marshall. We love Penny Marshall. What's not to love? And A League of Their Own is a beautiful film. Stars Madonna. Oh. And Rosie she- O'Donnell. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I just, uh, I just love to throw out when Madonna's in a movie. Um, <laughs> as, a, as a Madonna fan, as, as the last living Madonna fan, I have to. But... <laughs> Yeah, A League of Their Own is about a real thing, real true story about when, you know, the men's had to go at war, World War II, and so women started these baseball leagues uh, really around here especially, and um, Mm -hmm. that's our film. Tom Hanks is in it. It's beautiful. My parents actually saw them filming the wedding scene because they did it in Chicago. Oh, my God, that's beautiful. Yeah, so, like, the scene where they have the baseball bats and they're, like, going through, like, my parents got to watch that. That's so cute. Yeah, that that film was, like, really a big part of my childhood because I played softball and, like, my mom's a huge baseball fan. Like, Mm. her second wedding was baseball-themed. and Was it in a batting cage and everyone, like, threw balls at the bride and groom? No, it was, like, a really, like, nice wedding, but, like, she did walk down the aisle to go Cubs go. Um, (laughs) That's so cute. But she was, like, in a nice gown. Uh, It was really cute. But, yeah, so that was, like, a big – I feel like that was a big, like, movie in my life. And also that just annoys me because I was watching something, and they were talking about how, like – it was, like, a documentary, of course, because that's all I watch. And um, they were talking about how the women, like, really just, like, buckled down and was getting everything done during World War II. And then when the men men came back, they were just like, all right, get out of my seat. Like, no, thank you. No, like, oh, this is actually good. Like, they did good work and can do things. It was, like, years later when we could get a credit card without our dad signing for it or our husband. (laughs) I I know. I mean, and part of that like kind of did lend to um, to feminism, to Betty Friedan's 
uh, the feminine mystique is like that because a lot of women did taste that independence and what it was mm-hmm. like to be that productive outside of their roles at home and it left them feeling very depressed when they had to go back home well and just like also like the dresses and I love the dresses but I'm also just like so annoyed that jerseys are dresses like what the hell but because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I played softball and we had to wear really short shorts and when she slides and just like fucks up her thigh. Yeah. Like I have scars from sliding. Cause like all the boys would wear, I mean, we could wear pants, but that just wasn't like the right. thing. We were wearing like sliding pads, but these women were just sliding. And I think if Penny Marshall wasn't at the helm of this movie, that's what oh. the difference would be. We would just see a lot more leg. We'd see a lot more. We'd see some butt. We'd see like a whole. None lot of them bruise. Of, no. Beautiful butts. <laughs> beautiful yeah. unscathed butts. Unscathed. Like, no dirt Mm. they'd be sliding on marble (laughs) this actually would it would just become a figure skating film that actually sounds nice though (laughs) now that you put it that way it sounds aesthetically pleasing yes but in real life they would just shatter their bones Mm -hmm. um (laughs) and that's okay we have stump people for that yeah exactly um no yeah but that yeah i i don't think that movie would have been made honestly i don't think it would have I don't think it would have been made if Penny Marshall hadn't been, because she already had like a really big mm-hmm. presence in Hollywood. It is kind of surprising. Yeah, when now that you say that, it's kind of surprising it did get made. Um, and it, yeah, you're right. It wouldn't have had there not been some importance behind it, some people that people respect and things like that, which is the case for a lot of this kind of stuff when it comes yeah. to w- women's stories. Because they're, oh, yeah. they're lumped as women's stories. That's part of the problem. <laughs> And then they have, like, kind of the homage to, like, the black woman. <laughs> Just a little. Like, like they're like, oh, yeah, they weren't allowed to play, but did they have cannons? You know, like, when she, like, gets the ball and just, like, chucks it, and they're like, wish segregation wasn't a thing because we'd ask you to play. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> just, like, a tiny note about history there. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> well, Olivia, thank you so much. This has been wonderful. Um, where where can the good people listening find you? Well, so right now on Instagram, Alarvia, and then when I decide to um, open up my Twitter again, because I'm, I'm in the witness protection program, kind of. Um, <laughs> she's just, not really, just kidding. She's just private, that's all. Sometimes we I'm just, just need some privacy. Just sometimes we need to step back. But mm-hmm. yeah, basically, yeah. Uh, Twitter, Instagram, HBO Max. Yes, watch Southside, everybody. And yeah, thank you so much. Um, thank you for talking <clears throat> with me today. Thank you everyone for listening. Thank you to producer Christine Ferreira for being so wonderful today. And uh, we'll see you guys next time. Bye-bye.